Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snow White. Fall may just be the best time to be an angler. I absolutely love this time of year. We're going to talk about blue lining with Herbert in just a moment. But I want to first start off to make sure that every one of you listening, wherever you are, is aware of waypointtv.com. Waypointtv.com is a collection of outdoor enthusiasts and professionals. And we have loads of information and entertainment for you on that site and on the app. It is your source for hours of streaming outdoor TV shows, podcasts, and courses. We have upland birds. We cover saltwater fishing. We cover freshwater fishing, big game, boating, and so much more. So if you want to have on-demand, whenever you want entertainment, anything from Mike Iaconelli and Jose Wehebe to me and Tom Rowland or Captain's Collective or Long the Keel, you are more than welcome to go there whenever you want and watch some amazing, high-quality, high-definition entertainment for the outdoors. So now let's talk about fall. Fall is the best season of the year. We are a week away from Thanksgiving right now. And all I can think about is the turkey I'm going to make on the Traeger. The Traeger is what a turkey was made to be cooked in. I really don't think there's a better way to cook a bird. It does justice to it. Rob Martin made a turkey a couple weeks ago for a, a Cleveland Browns game. We sat on the deck and ate it. Oh my goodness. It was like one of the best turkeys I've ever had. It's too late for you now if you're listening to this next week, but next year, I'm telling you, you either come to my house and I'm going to feed you, or you want to get yourself a Traeger and make a turkey. But fall, it's when the weather changes over. I stop having to carry gallons of water with me. My backpack becomes lighter when I'm out fishing. I stop sweating and getting gross. 
I don't have to shower as soon as I come home from meeting with clients. I'm not all just disgusting. And that's just the angling part of me. I love fall, even as a non-angler. There's the fall migrations. The butterflies are migrating. The hummingbirds really increasing their numbers as they're migrating south along our hummingbird feeders. The, the bugs, it's the time of year when all the flowers are yellow and white out in the fields and you've got them covered in monarchs and assassin bugs and bees and bee mimics and wasps and beetles just buzzing with activity, getting ready for the cold. Everyone's got to pack on their fat for the winter, which, you know, theoretically, maybe one of the reasons Thanksgiving dinner is such a gluttonous event is historically they think it's, you know, our way as humans of putting extra meat on before the winter. And then the leaves start changing and there's crackling leaves on the ground and you got to be careful when you're driving after it rains because you're going to slip on wet leaves. And every day, it's different outside. There's a slightly different hue each sunrise and each passing hour of the sun as you look out the window. Every day in the summer, it's bright green and loud with bugs. And you look out now and there's fewer bird species and there's browns, oranges, reds, greens, yellows. There's berries in the trees ripening for the birds to eat. It's absolutely amazing. And then the air starts to change. It's a more earthly smell as the leaves start to break down and decay. And everything just becomes a little more earthy to the senses. And the fishing's going to pick up. We're eating bigger meals right now. The fish are eating bigger meals. The striped bass are crunching on all the fat baby shad of the year. The steelhead are migrating up the rivers. Your salmon are migrating. Your redfish are getting to spawn. So you've got the bookends of the Shad Run and the Striper Run here in D.C., and it's absolutely beautiful. And then you get the seasonal foods, the apples. Even though most apples you eat were picked like two years ago in New Zealand and have just been cold stored in carbon dioxide, it's apple season. And sweaters, knit sweaters with fall colors, fall festivals on the weekends with all the free candy you can want. I get to start switching out my baseball hat to knit hats. I absolutely love wearing a winter hat. And you know, my buff one is my absolute favorite, but I'm wearing my black one that my neighbor Myung made for me. She'll knit you or crochet you a hat if you bring her a can of Coke. And then there's the fall hiking in the trails. The problem is now everyone's out and about. But growing up, we were always just out and about this time of year. There was no reason to be inside. I didn't have video games. I didn't have cable TV. I had the wilds of open space in Reston. And as a kid, soccer started right after school. And I can hear the school band practicing across the lake when I'm kicking the soccer ball in the driveway. I could smell all the food being cooked in our house as my grandparents came to town for the Jewish holidays. And then going to the Reston Farmer's Market to pick out pumpkins and get cider. And back in the day, the cider came in a tanker truck and you just took a gallon jug and put it up to a spigot and filled it up. And the walnut tree outside my parents' kitchen would be illuminated with that afternoon sunlight as I would be doing my homework and light up the entire kitchen in this golden color with the sound of acorns hitting the deck and starting to plan for Halloween along the glade. And high school was similar, but with homecoming float building and walking to friends' houses every day after school to build those floats and all the student government stuff that went on in the fall, walking the glade looking for bass and beaver ponds with my five weight, Going to the barbershop after school to get my hair tightened up on Friday before you had to get ready to meet the girls. Senior year, going up to Tim's uncle's cabin in Blackwater Falls, West Virginia. And the fun that came with all the shenanigans of being 17 years old with a 
baseball bat and as many apples on the trees and apples on the ground that you could hit with a bat. Jim Beam and cold Coke in the fridge and the leaves were changing and our friends Gabby and Shannon went with us and we just had an absolutely beautiful time in Blackwater Falls. And then I graduated and things changed. College was about the trees changing on campus. Mary Washington College is one of the most beautiful campuses in the country you'll ever visit. And there were parties in the dorms and and parties and dorm rooms. We had didn't have fraternities, so you would have parties in the main room of different dormitories. Fall road trips down to see my brother in Charlottesville. I remember stopping with my parents and sitting on the roof of our car while we watched a sheep herding contest outside Montpelier once. There was backpacking in the Smokies with Bobby and BT junior year. And then senior year, my girlfriend and I went camping in Blackwater Falls, West Virginia. It was really odd. We woke up one morning at a campsite outside uh, near Murray's Fly Shop about 40 minutes west and the government had closed at midnight and everyone was kicked out of the campsite at sunrise. Our house in college always had Apple Cinnamon Glade plugins. It was festive. It smelled good. And then there was senior year failing my cell bio midterm. I walked out of class. I went straight home. It was October, about 25 years ago. And I just got up, turned in my F, went home, grabbed my rod, a box of flies, and I just drove out to Madison County to go brook trout fishing. I just needed to clear my mind. And then as you become an adult, things change. Fishing became more of a priority for me. First, we started off going down to the Outer Banks for albacore. And then I was introduced to salmon and steelhead. First, it was salmon and then steelhead. And then pumpkin beers came along. And I've always been into decorating the house and getting fire pits going. Fall festivals with an Ohio State game on Saturday with a scented candle somewhere in the house and food cooking on the Traeger. It's my absolute favorite time of year as we move from trunk or treat and candy themed and Halloween themed movies over to think about how I'm going to feed my whole family for Thanksgiving and the joy it's going to bring me to have everyone around, see my cousins for the first time in two years. And it's going to be great. So a few weeks ago, I found myself on a beautiful Saturday. There was no fall festivals. The weather was beautiful and there was no Ohio State game on. I didn't have any work that weekend. So I decided I was just going to get up and go fishing. And that's exactly what I did. I went fishing in the mountains, a quick getaway to my childhood stomping grounds along the Rapidan River. I hadn't been that far up that river road since 2001 when Stone and Tom and I went and had a cheese fight driving home on Route 29. We bought cheese from the little general store down by Rose River Farm. And we asked the woman what kind of cheese it was, and she just said it was cheese. And we ended up just throwing it at each other the whole drive back. Those who ate it ended up getting a little ill. I'm not going to eat cheese. That's just called cheese again. So I decided to drive up the old mountain roads towards Camp Hoover that President Hoover built in the 1920s as an escape from D.C., where a slight change in the elevation brought cooler temperatures and fewer bugs. The stream was stocked, and he and his friends and family enjoyed quiet respites up there, away from the hustle and bustle of D.C., where they can do all sorts of outdoor activities and relax in the beautiful mountains. And this is where I decided to spend my weekend. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, 
Almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Some point on Friday or Saturday, early Saturday, I decided, let's do this. I grabbed a few things and I decided to wing it. Sometimes I overpack. I picked up my three weight from the laundry room, a stuff sack from my office blue chair, and everything I was going to take fishing would fit in that bag. Everything I needed for myself would fit into my urban little day bag. The one I usually just keep a bottle of water in and my laptop. I toss a sleeping bag, a pillow, my down comforter, a couple layers for the expected cold front, and some sleeping pads in the back of the Xterra. Through my camping stove and a couple pieces of wood from my neighbor, who's a woodworker and hands me dried ends of wood for me to start my fires with. I grabbed a can of Coke, some leftovers from the fridge, and I drove off. It was simple, unplanned adventure. And shortly after I returned from the trip, I received an email from Stone. I've not spoken to him since 2002. We have a lot of catching up to do over the years, and I plan on doing that soon. Now we just need to find out where Tim Waite is. Tim's the guy I went to the cabin with up in West Virginia. I'll post pictures of him. You might recognize him. This is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast, Blue Lining with Herbert. Good afternoon. It's October 16th, and we're on the Rapidan River in the Shenandoah National Park. It's the first cold and rainy day of fall, so I decided to come out here for the night and go camping. I'm gonna sleep in the Xterra, cook some food, catch some brook trout. Right now, I'm blue lining. I'm above the camp cabins that you can rent, and I've just caught my first brook trout in over a year. So that means it's been a year since I met Dog the Bounty Hunter. It was a beautiful drive down here, sunny, low humidity if none at all, 70 degrees with expected heavy rains in the afternoon. And of course, as soon as I pulled into camp to set up my rod and stuff, it got cold and it got overcast. But I'm out here now in the pouring rain, going upstream towards my car, throwing a seven foot, six inch three weight with a long leader with eight pound monofilament tippet and my trash fly. And after my third bite, I was finally able to land a brook trout. And my goodness, the colors of a male brook char in the fall is incomprehensible in nature. It is an actual, actual jewel. So I'm gonna keep heading upstream, see how long I can fish in this weather. Of course, I didn't bring any rain gear with me. Maybe we'll find some bugs lower down river to bring home for the aquarium. But if nothing else, I'm gonna get cold and wet and my hands are already pruny and I'm gonna catch some fish and just have an absolutely beautiful fall afternoon here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And that was the first part of me blue lining with Herbert for the day. I kid you not, within five steps of getting to the river, the sky opened up and it started to absolutely pour like you were in a car wash. There was no place I'd rather have been than out there at that moment having fun in the solitude. And I walked back up to the car and this is the end of beat one. Let's start fishing session number two. Part two, I think I've landed three, maybe four brook trout. And I really am not trying to photograph each one because that's just bad, but it is raining. My hands are wet to begin with. And the last one I just caught next to a boulder in sight of the truck 
had some really, really big teeth on it. He was an old brute. I got some beautiful up-close pictures of him in the water. Popped a little trash fly out and sent him on his way. The problem now is there are so many leaves that have blown in the water in the last two hours. It's hard to tell your fly from the real thing. Now, the trash fly is just black Evisote foam, polypro in white, and paintbrush fibers. And there's some small bugs coming off right now in front of me. I don't know what they are. It's really hard to see with my coast is on under the canopy in the low light. I'm having a great time. I'm probably going to go up another 200 yards and then walk back down to the truck and then drive back up the mountain to see where I can go. I have not been this far up in these mountains in a long time. Maybe since the 80s. It's been since I came this far back up into the Rapidan. I wish y'all were here with me. And for those of you who don't get to experience this type of plunge pool, wild trout fisheries with no garbage, there's no helicopters, and there's no airplanes. It's fantastic. This is the purest of fly fishing right here. And the main point of all this fishing is it's pocket water. It's amazing how I can be entertained by looking for the best spot to throw an itty bitty little grain of rice sized piece of metal and garbage on a hook to a specific spot. And you look at a dog and you're like, how can a dog be entertained by a tennis ball for hours and hours? And then you look at me and you're like, how can this dude walk an inch at a time uphill, throwing a fish hook in water. And it's the absolute highlight of his day. And that's just what makes us separate from non-fly fishing anglers. I am in my absolute element doing what I want to do with no distractions around me. So I finished beat two and I move upstream and we're going to finish the next section. There comes a time in the day where you have to ask yourself, what is down in the bottom of that hole? And curiosity will tell you that you're not going to get down to the bottom of that hole with a dry fly. So I have a woolly bugger. And like I say over and over again, this is a dry fly fishery. It's almost 2.30, way above the car. This is a swimming hole right here. It's, it's big. And it's deep. There's a lot of oxygen. Rules of fish state there should be something in here. And the rules of fish state that fish should be large. So I am tying on a woolly bugger simply an orange bead and marabou. There's nothing on the body. It's just the stem of the marabou. It's thin. I tied these when client Mike came over to hang out. All right, we're going to record this. Let's get the fly nice and wet so it'll sink. All right, I don't like doing this, but we are going to fish streamer for brook trout in the mountains. I don't see anything so far. This is probably a size six nymph hook. I think I might have to get something that's actually weighted. This is not going deep enough and I'm getting caught in a lot of leaves. 
not a streamer rod I'm fishing. And I'm still fishing just eight pound monofilament. All right, I'm gonna switch to black. Something little just followed me in. The black woolly buggers are smaller. Okay. Whoa. I'm gonna put my hood back up. It's gonna be a steamy mess in the car. Last time I went car camping was in Pennsylvania. And it was really hot outside. It was really steamy and sweaty. Tonight's gonna be the exact opposite. Tonight could possibly get uncomfortable depending on how damp the car gets. Willy bugger, it's threaded, not easy to do right now. All right, might as well trim off the tag end and put that in the bag. All right, I'm gonna go above the hole now. I used to fish with a kid, lived in Tyson's Vienna area. Raised something. Oh, oh, okay, black woolly bugger it is. And Ray would always nymph and streamer fish for these guys. But as you can see, I just got very excited when a brook trout chased my streamer. So maybe today will be all dries and then tomorrow I'll fish streamers. Maybe I'll change my mind overnight. First cast with the bugger in black. Definitely had some looks. So I'm gonna go up above this hole. It's not gonna be easy because it's probably a 10 foot scramble up some rocks versus going through waist deep water. All right, everything is super spongy and wet up here. In the water, whoa, very soft, I just sank along the rock wall. All right, one, two, three, go! All right. We are now perpendicular to the waterfall. You and I both. Streamers in, sinking, sinking, pop. Pop, 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 anything? All right, these guys might be on to me. Get up top. Thank goodness for cleats and boots. Whoa. All right. You just got hit by the hemostat. All right, I'm above the waterfall. Strip, twitch, twitch. Little split shot. Go a long way right here. In a tree. Buggers out. I'm using an eight pound tippet. I'm not worried about breaking off out here. So many microcurrents in this hole with this rock making up 90% of it, and then there's a little sluice on the left. All right, now I'm just gonna throw it straight into the fast water. 
as I was as, as if I was fishing my bacon fly. Alright, one or two more casts. And then it's back to the trash fly. It's pouring now. I've got zero visibility in this hole. I'm gonna go fish one more plunge pool with that fly. And then it's back to tries. had a bite. Can't see it, so I felt it. Maybe I need to come in here with micro bacon flies. Because this weighted bugger is no match for these currents. No idea how I'm gonna get over this waterfall. Turning you off. And then using my cleats and my wet hands, I climb up to the next hole, big deep plunge pool, swimming hole. In the summer, people would sit in there and, and drink some cold beers, waist deep. Today it's a brook trout hole. And I know there's something down there. It can't see me because the turbulence, the leaves in the water, the rain, the overcast. I'm completely blending in. I am not wearing my fancy high-tech trout fishing clothing. I'm straight up in a cotton, plaid button down with a cowboy hat on, a camo buff, and a cotton camo hoodie, and waders. Um, this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. They have no idea I'm there. And you know what I did with that weighted woolly bugger? I dropped it in that hole and it sank and it sank and I stripped it and I caught a brook trout on it and I got the brook trout up. And of course he spit the hook before I could take a picture of it. But the only reason I would take that picture is for the story, for the bit, because 
I don't want to be associated with catching brook trout on streamers in a mountain stream. I got my quirks about me. I don't like cilantro. I don't like sand touching my toes. I don't put on a shirt unless I got pants on first. I can't have my socks on without pants on either. It's just one of my things. But a brook trout on a wet fly on a mountain stream is about as oogie and uncomfortable as it gets. I straight up felt dirty. Felt dirty catching that beautiful fish on that streamer. I think I did injustice to the fish. Felt like it was dirty to fly fishing. It was uh, against the Rapidan camp traditions maybe. I don't know. But I am going to straight up say that a mountain brook trout should only be caught on a dry fly and no other method. It was disgraceful. It was dirty. Kind of wanted to take a shower afterwards. But I kept fishing. And I caught, I don't know if I'm going to talk about this later, but a brook trout with the biggest teeth I've ever seen. I got to just sit and slowly film water cascading down and just sitting on a rock and enjoying slowly fishing at a snail's pace going up that mountain. And I could not have been happier. And the time flew, never really looked at my watch in the moment on a perfect afternoon. The kind of groundhog day, beautiful weather and fishing that you would want to get stuck in. And there were maybe four other anglers I passed the whole day. There were cars parked maybe every couple hundred yards. There's little pullouts on the road where you can just pull in and camp. And I had I had no one no one passed me. I didn't encounter another angler. I didn't encounter another footstep along the stream. I didn't encounter a piece of tippet. It was beautiful. All while in the back of my mind, just thinking how dirty I am for catching a brook trout on a streamer. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. I find myself behind the Xterra in a pop-up chair, looking over a set of riffles and some plunge pools, surrounded by boulders, overhanging and fallen trees. Rain has ended and the sun has come out a bit. It's partly sunny at the moment, or partly cloudy. The trees are all kind of a lemony and lime color. It's absolutely beautiful with the backdrop of the wet bark of the trees, which is black. I walked downstream from the top of the road, drove all the way up to the top of this meandering mountain road until I got to the Shenandoah National Park gate. And I parked in the last turnout walk downstream. Nice easy stroll down the mountain road with my three weight in my hand. My cowboy hat back on now that the rain mostly stopped. I found an easy spot to walk and wade in so I walked and waded in and made my way upstream. And that is where I landed one single brook trout. It was small and wasn't as colorful as the others but it was beautiful. And there just happened to be wet yellow leaves where I landed it, so I took some pictures. And as I've been going upriver, this is spawning season. So I am trying to stand only on boulders or rocks that can hold my weight and not fall over, but I'm not walking through any holes. I'm definitely not walking over any gravel and sandy spots. I've not seen any reds, but the water here is very turbulent. Maybe I missed a couple. And it's really dark with my sunglasses on. And I went upstream and just fished plunge pool to plunge pool. Each time you step up a foot or two in elevation, you find yourself 
an absolutely new water, new set of parameters, new overhanging branches, new currents, new micro seams, and you've got to break down the entire hole in a grid system and figure out where you're going to cast first, second, third. And if you don't get anything, you usually just move on. There might not be a fish in these holes. These are not the most densely populated places. And again, I have not seen, speaking of population, anybody since I pulled up here. No one's come up, turned around. The only sign of somebody being here is there was a jig bead ahead mop fly right where I stopped my car. There's some crane flies flying around, but other than that, when you're looking out over the stream, it looks like it could be 10,000 years ago. A lot of people were kicked out of these mountains to make way for the Shenandoah National Park. They were just told to get out. So there were people living up here up to 150 years ago, but it's pretty remote now. Kind of in the middle of nowhere. You're kind of enjoying it. So I'm going to sit back and relax, set up my solo stove, and just chill and enjoy the weather. Really wish I had a cigar, but I don't really smoke cigars much, if at all, anymore. So I'm just going to sit here and look. There's no internet. It's too noisy from the water to hear any music playing from the car. Maybe I'll see that bear I've never seen. I'm going to go make some soup. So as dinner's getting ready, I start prepping camp as the sun's going down and the front's coming through, the back end of the front. Get the ground pads down. I got my really, 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 really old North Face Cat's Meow sleeping bag. It is. It's synthetic, but it has this microfiber, soft, fleecy liner to it that is the most comfortable sleeping bag. And I'm going to be buried in that thing. It is amazingly comfortable. And then I get the down comforter on top. I get the pillows, start rearranging things. And as I'm laying there, just kind of checking things out, I look to my right and I think that bear is actually sitting on the stump. To my right, about 20, 30 yards up on the side is a fallen tree and it looks like there's a bear on it. And I took pictures. These will I'll make a YouTube video of all the pictures and videos from this. You will agree that thing looks like a bear to me. And I probably watched it from the inside of the car for a couple of minutes, zoomed in, zoomed out, determined it wasn't, went back outside, started getting the meal going and trying to warm up my hands on the fire because that temperature dropped. It's about 5.30 and it's gotten really cold. The cold fronts definitely come in. The clouds are blowing away. The clouds are absolutely cruising up there in the atmosphere. Leaves are blowing everywhere. Big gusts will swirl them around the solo stove. I've already had my first little appetizer on the solo stove. I made a smoked tomato soup this week on the Traeger. And I had some leftovers, so I brought that down and I put that right into the kettle and cooked it and drank it straight from the kettle to warm up. Because I've not eaten since this morning. And now I have got some chicken broth. Really good homemade chicken broth with a whole bunch of schmaltz that was cold and floating to the surface. That all now is inside of the kettle with all the leftover goodness from the smoked tomatoes. And then I put in a pack of noodles. So I'm gonna heat this up and basically have kind of a pseudo pho broth up here on the mountain. And I've been sitting here watching the fire 
in the trees in the water for over an hour now with no inclination to wet a line. Frankly, my hands are kind of cold. I've already put on an extra shirt, a fleece, and then I swapped out to a dry hoodie and I have my buff all the way up to my face and I've got the hood on and I see I got wool gloves in the back. This is the first cold day we've had all season. It's gonna be very cozy in the back of the Xterra tonight. I just hope none of these branches fall on me with the wind. It's seven o'clock, it's getting dark out. Still windy and it's still getting cold. I'm in the back of the Xterra. I finished my fantastic dish of soup and noodles. Put the solo stove away. All you gotta do is just kinda tip it over in the ashes, if there are any, just kinda blow away with the wind. And I've just been chilling, listening to some music and podcasts. I'm gonna close the back up now and just drift off to sleep. Have a pretty chill evening. I'm gonna reset the body clock and just enjoy some air. I don't think I'm gonna fish in the morning. I think I'm good. I caught my brook trout. I'm gonna go and fish a carp spot that somebody has filled me in on, and that is on the way back. Maybe I'll stop in a small town and walk around or just enjoy the fall weather somewhere before I head home in the morning and start the rest of the fall day and probably go watch football at someone's house. So all this time, you've probably been wondering, what exactly did Snow White put in his little 8-liter Sea to Summit bag? So I'm going to break it down to tell you just the basic bare necessities needed for a day of brook trout fishing in the Virginia mountains. So it's a bright red stuff sack. I would say it's like bright red. So if it's down and I drop it, I can see it. I don't want camo bags and green things. I want brightly colored. So inside that bag, I put three spools of Berkeley Vanish. 20 pound, 10 pound, 8 pound. And then I had an Orvis foam fly box that was full of just miscellaneous flies that I was guiding with that week. That's where the buggers came from. One little hairline UV polar chenille Ziploc bag full of about a dozen beautiful trash flies. One silicone fly box full of traditional Adirondack style dry flies, including the Mr. Rapidan, which was invented for that stream by Harry Murray, which I mean, is probably just the only Adirondack style dry fly you ever need. A parachute Mr. Rapidan is probably one of the greatest dry flies you were ever come across. My little black diamond lantern, a little click and paw reel, my lanyard, my handheld microphone, and that was it. That was all that I took in my bag. So that bag was next to me when I went to bed, and let's find out what happened overnight because somebody came by that campsite and was really obnoxious, and I didn't appreciate it. Well, it's a beautiful morning. It's absolutely cold. Fall is here. I didn't sleep that well. I should have brought a little bit thicker padding. My hip bones, I guess, are a little skinny. Sleeping on my side. But I had a great night just chilling in the car. Except some jabronis came by in the middle of the night. 
in a Hummer with LEDs everywhere. It's the equivalent of the land snakehead bow hunters. So I'm going to pack up. I got the car turned on to get warm. It dropped a lot last night. So I'm going to warm up and head home and reminisce on my beautiful weekend and go look at some of those pictures of the brook trout. And that was the weekend. I got up and drove out. It was a beautiful ride out. There was no traffic on the dirt road going out. Came out down the mountain by Rose River Farm out near Kriglersville. Drove back out to 29 and headed up north. Ended up going to Wawa and getting a steak and cheese hoagie and a Coke for breakfast. It was fantastic. And then I spent the afternoon at Rob's eating turkey. And if you are listening to this on time, that's what you're going to be doing next week. Maybe you're listening to this while you're driving your families. Be safe. Wash your hands. Don't eat too much. And share Waypoint TV and the podcast with your friends and family while you're there. And I want to get some fan mail from Brazil. Got a lot of listeners down in Brazil. That's one place I've never gotten any fan mail. Shoot me an email. Rob at robsnowwhite.com. Thank you for listening. This has been the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. With producer Jason. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.